with all the important questions like, what's in your brew? This is Backstage Brew, the podcast. Backstage Brew is with Sean Turner, the wonderful director from The Play That Goes Wrong. Dude, what's in your brew? Hey man, um, I, I'm drinking coffee. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely fine. I mean, how much do you want to know? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flat white. Oh, really? And you've made that from home? Yeah, I'm lucky. So, yeah, I've, we've got our own espresso machine at home, so we've been surviving. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, it's a nice, nice uh, Bolivian, fresh beans, keeping it, uh, keeping, keeping brewing. It's all good. That is the most upmarket brew we've had so far. <laughs> Definitely. One of those things I really worry about is when the beans start to get a bit low in the hopper and start to start to panic. So, it's been it's been all right. We've been able to uh, to get it delivered. That's great. So life in lockdown, staying positive. Coffee's obviously helping that then. Well, yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those uh, essential items, right? That they talk about. Yeah, hundred percent. So, what else are you doing in lockdown to keep positive? Then I'm trying to keep as busy as I can. You know, uh, so obviously the theatre world has, has kind of collapsed. Um, so I've uh, I've been writing a lot, um, and um, I've been working on a, on a book that I've been writing um, for the past year or so. Um, and I finished the first draft of that last week, um, or this week, last week, um, which is which is great. So it feels like a really big milestone. So I've um, been happy with that. Um, and just starting to work through the second draft now. Um, and also, but yeah, I've been doing a couple of little theatrical kind of things. I've been doing something for the Barn Theatre in Sirencester called uh, Bard from the Barn, where they're basically recording a lot of Shakespeare soliloquies and duologues and things but with a kind of a skew towards seeing how those things can can be placed into our, our new reality that we find ourselves in so that's been fun that's great so when you going back to the writing as well first can you tell us any little like sneak previews about the book that you're writing or you know i heard a rumor that you're writing your own play as well uh yeah well I've, i mean I've, I've written plays in the past i've been i've done adaptations of, of shows in the past and I, I should be cracking on with another adaptation at the minute um but uh yeah the book is uh, it's it's an adventure story it's a coming of age adventure story kind of young adult novel um about uh, a young girl who uh, who discovers that she isn't who she thinks she is basically um uh, yeah it's you know it's early days but um but it's fun um and yeah plays uh always trying to trying to keep something um going so i've got a couple of drafts of, of some shows that, that were meant to happen towards the end of this year um and now i've all been cancelled and postponed yeah but i'm sure you know that will happen at some point in the future though i hope so yeah i'm trying to keep up with them um and yeah yeah fingers crossed things things will happen as 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 the uh the theaters reopen as and when great well we're looking forward to seeing all of that and you obviously started as an actor training at Aura and then went into directing the transition between the two how was it for you have you got any advice for people doing a similar journey and would you recommend that you maybe uh, have as many career options as you possibly can yeah I, I, so something that's changed over time for me that I thought when I, I was saying this to somebody the other day when I started out and I was training as an actor I kind of knew that I wanted to go into directing and and for me at the time I thought that it was like the sensible thing was to decide one or the other and make sure that I wasn't kind of muddying the message in terms of going into the industry I didn't want to be seen as like actor director writer um, having all those like multi-hyphenated things going on, and the, uh, 
And for a while, I think I think that was sensible, you know, in a way, really focusing all my attention on directing got me to where I where I, I am now, and I, I had to work really hard to get there. But um, and if I if I'd been focusing on too much at once, maybe I wouldn't have done. But what I'm getting at is that actually now I'm in a place where I am doing a lot more writing and I am thinking about other kind of creative avenues and, um, and discovering that actually that's, that's fine. That's actually a really sensible way of keeping a creative life when you're not working full time, you know, you don't have constant work as whatever your, your preferred kind of major field is in the creative arts. But I think it's so important just to, you know, mm-hmm. as creative people, to be creative from whatever that is, whether that's going off and, and dancing three times a week or, or painting in your sp- spare time, it's an important thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, the transition to it, I was lucky. You know, I really was – I was lucky. I just um, – had. I took a show to Edinburgh as an actor with uh, with a company and um, – and they then they were taking some stuff back the following year, and I was able to uh, to kind of blag my way into directing a couple of those shows, and they went really well, and ended up coming back to London, both of them, and, and from there on, I kind of you know I had a calling card, I had something that I could um, I could stick at the top of the CV and pretend I was a director and, and blag some other jobs out of it that way, and uh, you know a few years later, here I am. That's great. And as well as obviously creating a lot of your own work, which has been obviously extremely useful for you, you've actually found undiscovered work as well, which has probably helped as well. Arthur Miller's play, how did you go about discovering that? I mean, I, I kind of avoid the word discovered because I didn't really discover it. I uncovered it, I like I to think. Is, um, it existed. I mean, people knew about it. Um, Miller spoke about it in his autobiography, Time Bends, which is how I came across it. But you know, I'm a big fan of Miller, and I kind of I was um, I was really um, fed up when I read it in his autobiography and realised that there was something out there of his that I'd never read. So I just started off on a journey to try and discover it, really. Um, and um, I spoke to the Miller estate, people who run run after Miller's estate, and his agent. And none of them really had any concept where I could find the script, and nobody had ever read it. Um, and so. Uh, thankfully they gave me their blessing to to go and search for it so i sort of spent about nine or ten months searching um i traveled around america a little bit having a look for it and uh, i found it in the university of michigan archives where he was, was a student literally found his handwritten you know, hand typed copy with pencil written notes all over it um of his very first play um and then a few months later on, I was I was able to convince them to let me to put put a little production on of it, and we did it at the Old Red Lion, which is like a fifty seater pub theatre, um, and put on this world premiere of an Arthur Miller play. It was it was insane. That's epic. Yeah, it was. It was really. It's one of those things that you know, no matter what else happens in my career, I will always be able to to say I did that. And it's been published now as well. So like Miller's first ever play is published with my name as the first director of it. You know, 10 years after he died, I was able to able to do that. And he's my idol, you know, he's my absolute hero in, in, in theatre, but also just as a man. Um, yeah, it meant an awful lot to me. It still does now. Mate, that's amazing. That's so brilliant. And I suppose, especially when it's someone who's so closely connected to like your your values and stuff like that yeah. it kind of almost adds that sense of um why we do it really yeah absolutely i mean he's he was an incredible you know role model um and 
you know, just as I say, an extraordinary person, uh, a man of such like moral fortitude. Um, it's a yeah, yeah, a remarkable thing to, to achieve. And and the work, you know, the work itself is is fantastic. It's like a, it's it's like a death death of the salesman, um, an embryo sort of uh, play. It's, you've got all the little hints of, of where his work is going to go in the future. Um, yeah, we were lucky enough that it, it transferred to the West End after that and, and, and had a lovely run and lots of very good reviews and that kind of catapulted what, what the kind of work that I was doing um, at the time. I suppose it just takes one little moment like that to really catapult you into into the next big job, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, you know. It's it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of kind of being in the right place, but it's also, you know, pushing and, and, and fighting to try and try and find those things, find those, those ways to, to stand out. You know, I think in, in any creative endeavor, it's, you know, where can you find those little things that are, that are going to make you, give you that hook, make you, make you interesting. Yeah. And it's about the graft as well, I suppose, like the hard work that you put in does get repaid in the end. And uh, one of the third plays that you direct at the moment, the play that goes wrong in the West End requires a lot of hard work and graft. What kind of, um, techniques and energy is required from a, like a performer and I suppose directing it as well in a play that's so intense yeah an awful lot of commitment yeah incredibly incredibly hard work I mean the the, the performers need to be in really good physical shape because it's tough man it's really tough anybody that's seen the show to do some of the things that they're asked to do eight times a week takes it out of you you know it really takes it out of you so um you have to be kind of physically and mentally tough i think that's true to to do any west end performance schedule they're they're, they're hectic you know um but this show in particular really really takes it out of you but there's also that kind of mental toughness that's required to stop from uh from going into autopilot um when you're 400 shows into a, to however long you run it so, you know to, to to try and keep it alive and keep it fresh and keep each audience you know experiencing the same thing or, or experiencing something something original every night you know it's um yeah I'm, I'm always amazed by the things that the performers in this show do yeah and as a director obviously you're at the helm of all of that do you have any advice or any tips that you use to keep a long running show fresh every night? I think I mean, it's my job to go in every every couple of weeks once the show's up and running and then cast her up and running. Just double check check all of that stuff, make sure that that people are keeping on top of uh, of you know playing real, the truth of it, um, and and not kind of the problem is with a show with a, with a comedy laughter is a drug, and as soon as they kind of get that first hit. Um, of, of that laughter they try to get more and more and more and so if you leave it for a couple of weeks and come back everything's become huge and my job is just to kind of keep on top of that make sure <laughs> that people are still playing it for truth because it kind of falls apart if it's not if we don't believe that the actors in the show really want it to go right um, so it's kind of it's keeping on top of that but yeah I mean the, the, the thing is that each new we've had a lot of casts on the show now particularly in the West End and each time we bring a new cast member into the show or we, we put a new cast in um, the, they create the characters afresh so they really you know the show feels uh, the show changes for me every time there's a new cast member involved um, and we've got this amazing kind of, you know, all the understudies that work on the show that bring something fresh to it and are on a lot of the time yeah, I mean, and the audience as well. This show, more than just about any other I can think of, relies on that kind of connection to the audience so much. 
Um, so yeah, having having them bring something new to the show. That's cool. And I suppose with the cast as well, you obviously have a lot of new casts and when they change over, it's about like relationship and they have to have such a tight relationship on stage for such an intense show. Behind the scenes, there's a few techniques that we know about that you use just to keep that camaraderie going. So... For example, you play a game called Patty Ball, and apparently you broke the record by so far that we nearly missed the curtain call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that came from the cast. To be honest, that was that was uh, I think the cast, the West End cast before this. They kind of created that when they were on tour on the UK tour doing it. Um, and it's basically it's the, it's the world's simplest game. It's it's just just keeping a ball in the air and not letting it hit the floor. Um, but uh, you know such such commitment from the cast and just a wonderful way to all come together before the show and kind of get yourself physically and mentally prepared. Um, and yeah, working in unison. But yeah, I mean they 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 were incredible that cast and the current cast that we have now have beaten that record even. So yeah, they they're into like thousands it's it's mad absolute madness um and i suppose as well that is if it goes on for that long keeping mm -hmm. the ball in the air the premise of it is to kind of support each other and keep the lines up isn't it just to not drop the energy so if you manage to keep to a thousand then especially with a show that is so intense the whole way through that's probably good for stamina really i think it really does uh kind of happen when you have a really great round of uh, of passy ball before the show you have a really great show i think i don't know if the cast would agree with me on that but it feels to me like you get that kind of energy everybody's got that single focus on that single object there's kind of like this like yeah. religious um, yeah, belief yeah, yeah. In, in keeping that thing up in the air there's there's something special about it it does create an incredible energy um and playing playing so important so important to what we do that's great. It's so good to find out little tips and tricks behind the scenes. Any little tips for directors who are starting out in the industry? Any little kind of footnotes to get them started? It's it's tough. It's a really tough industry to break into. Of course it is. And I think I think even tougher than it was, you know, when I was coming out of drama school all those years ago. I think you gotta you gotta push it, you gotta make your own work happen, you know. It's not gonna come to you. You gotta make your own work happen. But also, when you are in that room, when you finally get to kind of be in the helm and and uh, and, and be directing a cast, you know, the most important thing that I had to learn was to not be afraid to say I don't know. You know, I think it's so important to um, to just realise that the director doesn't have to have all the answers. Um, in fact, like it's a bad director that pretends to have all the answers. It's so important to kind of listen to to the other creatives in the room. And, and be honest, you know, and discover together. Um, I think best work I've ever made is, is, is work that when I get to opening night, I genuinely have no idea whether yeah. the stuff on the stage was my idea or the cast's idea or the set designer's idea or the stage manager's idea, where that stuff came from. Um, it, it's really fluid. And, you know, that's when it really, really works. So, yeah, just, just knowing to get out of the way as well as when to intervene. I think is such an important kind of thing to learn, and and just just be a good person, respect the people you're working with, yeah. um, have those kind of have those values. You know? Yeah, it's so important. Really good advice as well, because it's probably something that a lot of directors wouldn't necessarily admit to. Just finally, before you go, quick note on your sneaker collection <laughs> because it is awesome. Uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, I used to have a much bigger sneaker collection than I do now. I got rid of quite a few recently. I'm, I'm growing up now. I wear I wear proper shoes. 
<laughs> in his um, and his uh, slippers. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I love Jordans. I love Jordan threes particularly. I've got quite a, quite a number of Jordan threes. But uh, yeah, I, I like sneakers. I like sneakers. They get especially for rehearsals. I like to wear sneakers in rehearsals. Basketball shoes, mate. Yeah, it keeps you fresh. Yeah. There you go. Best advice from a West End director. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for joining us, dude. No problem at all, Mark. Thanks very much. See you soon, man. See ya. Backstage Brew, the podcast. To see all the video episodes, search Backstage Brew on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. <laughs>